Jijinandra. Let's start with the Nokar Mantra. Namo Arihantanam, Namo Siddhanam, Namo Ayariyanam, Namo Ujjayanam, Namo Lue Sabasahunam, Eso Panchanamukaro, Sava Pava Panasano, Mangalamancha Savesim, Paramam Hare Mangalam. Too often we can't let things go from the past, and it hinders our present. The inability to let things go is causing the quality of your life to degrade and more karma to bind to your soul. For example, it could be that somebody said something to you. It could be that somebody did something to you and you can't let it go. And sometimes it's the fact that we said something or did something that we can't take back and we continue to hang on to those things. So today I'd like to talk about how to let things go. The first thing to do is to express your pain. We can do that by talking to our friends, by writing down our thoughts, finding some way to express what is inside that we can't let go of. We can vocalize it, we can visualize it, we can write it down, but most people talk to their friends. Um, the problem is we can't really talk to our wives because a lot of times our wives will see us as weak and we don't want that and they don't want that and that's what talk that's what your friends are for um that's what the problem is we don't have a lot of friends all the time uh as you get older we start to lose friends and we don't have the support system that a lot of times women have which is one of the reasons that women live longer because they express their feelings to their friends and so that's what this is for you. That's what dad's class is for you. It's a way to express yourself. And I'm always here in case you want to talk about anything. I'm always here for you. Come on in. We're talking about how to let things go. The first one is expressing our pain and talking to each other rather than our wives or family. The second way is don't ruminate. Ruminate is when you have an unhealthy obsession with something in the past that you can't let go and your brain tends to want to think about it all the time because you feel like if you think about it, you can change the outcome. But of course, you can never change the outcome and your brain just wants to experience this past trauma in so hope some way that it'll change, you know, it doesn't make any sense at all. But you probably experienced this where you think back on a situation and you think back and you, and you just keep on going over and over in your head. The thing to do is to realize that your brain is feeding you thoughts and you can choose which thoughts to pay attention to. We're talking about how to let things go today. So the first one was to express your pain by talking with us and talking with me. The second one is don't ruminate. Understand what rumination is and how not to ruminate. The third way to let things go is to accept things as they are and don't take responsibility for things you can't control. And guess what? The past is something you can't control anymore. And it's very hard because we want to control things. Our whole life is spent trying to get more control over things. Some people are consumed by it, right? Like if you're talking about the typical politician, they want to get more control, more power over things. And we're, we want to do that too because we think that somehow we can achieve some kind of greater state of happiness if we can control more things. But guess what? The more things you can control, 
well, first of all, the more problems you'll have. And second of all, you overestimate the amount of things in your control because it doesn't feel good. Because here we have reality on the one hand and we have what makes us feel good on the other hand. It doesn't make us feel good to admit to ourselves we don't have control over things or to have less control than we have. Sometimes it makes us feel inferior to other people. Like, look at this guy. He has his life together. He's in control. I wonder how he does it. If I accept that I'm not in control of things, that this guy is better than me, right? It doesn't feel good for other people, for me to admit that other people are better than me. But of course, we have to look at reality. <coughs> Another way to let things go of your past is to not blame other people. This is one, I think we're all, we're all out of that, um, but it's one to teach our kids, remember. Um, it's easy to be the victim. It's very seductive to be the victim of everything. And our kids know that and play on that as well. Um, our brain is hardwired to judge other people based on their actions. But we judge ourselves based on our intentions. You know, that's how come you can do something crazy like say, oh, I'm going to work out later, so I'll have this cake right now. And then you never work out later. And you feel don't feel anything about it. You don't feel bad about it because we judge ourselves based on our intentions. I intended to work out later, therefore I worked out later. That's what your brain feels. But for other people, we judge them based on their actions, what they do and what they say. We don't judge them based on their intentions. That's why it's easy for us to be the victim, to say that it's their fault and we're not at fault. Uh, so one part of not blaming people is don't expect apologies from other people when they um, do or say something bad. That will make us hang on to things if we say, well, they didn't apologize, so I'm justified to be angry at them, right? Because uh, that's something you can't control. That's another thing you can't control. So questions or comments about that. We're on number four. We're talking about letting things go, how to let things go from our past. This is a skill, right? It's a skill that we should learn. Too many adults do not know it and too many children do not know it. Uh, and we should teach these to our children. Number one is express your pain. To express it helps to let it go. Number two is understand what rumination is and understand how to counteract rumination. Number three is we accept things as they are. We accept reality as it is and realize we have very little control over things. And number four is don't blame other people and don't be a victim. Avoid a victim mentality. Questions or comments? Tim, aren't we supposed to learn from our past, right? Absolutely. Right, so is that part of letting go or is that part of holding on? That is part of letting go. Um, learning a, a great way to let go is to, especially when you ruminate, when you go over and over a situation, say, okay, what is my takeaway here? And I learned that lesson and I'm going to reinforce that lesson. And then you switch the object of your rumination and that helps you to let it go. Because when you start to ruminate on that scenario again, you say, oh, that's the lesson. I remember I'm doing that. So that's fine. I don't have to think about it anymore. That helps you get out of the cycle of rumination. So learning a lesson is a great way to twist the frame of ru rumination. A frame means point of reference. Twist the reference of uh, the rumination to instead of reliving that experience and hoping for a different outcome that will never come, you turn it into a positive and you say, 
hey, that's the lesson. I know I'm doing the lesson. I don't need to think about this anymore. Other questions or comments? We are not letting things go mainly because of our own ego. So, if I have to let things go, means I have to first let my ego go away. Right. You have to swallow your pride because if somebody hurt me and I have to let it go, I have to say, well, I don't, I'm not egotistical enough to insist on a response, insist on retaliation, insist on hurting them. And you have to swallow your own pride, right? For your own sake. Because letting things go is ultimately for you. Forgiving other people is ultimately a good thing for you to do. And that might help you swallow your pride. To realize that you're doing it for your own self-interest. You're forgiving other people for your own self-interest. That's quite an unintuitive thing. So it's something important to understand. So several years ago, I was secretary of my apartment association in Bangalore. And there was one old man who was also part of our association. And he accused me that I'm telling lies and I'm not doing right things. And he, his allegations were totally false. And I felt really bad, bad about it. Yeah. And I'm still holding on to that. <laughs> uh, and I... In, there was a general body meeting and I literally fought with him in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. We had a big argument and I literally fought with him and till date I'm, I'm not talking to him. And my friends are also aware of that. You know, They are also making fun of oh, Amish, you are having a fight with this old man <laughs> like that, blah, blah, blah. They are teasing me. But somehow now I feel that you know I should settle this quarrel. One day I should call him and tell him sorry. I... I just want to forget about these things and just let's settle it down. So do you have any help for Amish? So yeah, I just need a courage to, you know, I know his, I have his number in our WhatsApp group. I can call anytime and I just want to call him once and say sorry to him. And I want to tell my friends that yes, I have settled with him. So they start making fun of you? Sorry, no, are you, they are you doing still, that because of your friends? <laughs> no, I'm not doing it because of my friend. I feel that, you know, I don't want to hold on to this fight anymore. I just want to settle it out. And he's an old man. He's like a, maybe, you know, 70-year-old man. He's like a very old person. Why should I fight with him? And I know, I, I very well know that his allegations were wrong. Uh, baseless but then I should let it go that's what I felt so when you brought up this topic this is the same thing came to my mind that I should let it go should not hold on to this do, do you need to talk to him to let it go can't you let yeah, it go I need yourself? to I need to talk why, to him to, why can't you just let it go yourself but how will he how will he come to know that yes I have but what does that this? matter it's about you Jainism is about you it's not about him no, but I have to ask Shama to him, right? That yes, I fought with you, so I am uh, asking forgiveness for you. Do you? I need to, right? Otherwise, how will... If I don't ask for forgiveness, it means I have not let it go and things out of me, right? You know, I have to accept it, accept an apology. You did darshan this morning. You already did it, right? 
I don't know. I'm just firing back. <laughs> just from his perspective, I think everybody has a different way to bring a closure to certain things. Right. right. And 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 you talked about four or five ways about how you can let certain things go. And I think for him, it feels like talking it out with, which was your first one, you can talk it out with us, which you're doing, but he feels like talking it out with the person brings him that closure. Yeah, that, I mean, at least... I took the high ground, although the allegations that, were wrong, but I still not, apologize. That may, and, that, that may not give you the outcome you want, right? I mean, it's up to him, right? What, what path he chooses. I'm just saying, like, you know, like, if, yeah, if he still responds but, negatively, but, when you, if that guy just hangs up the phone and says, "How with you?" or whatever, that's right? fine. I mean, it's up to him. At least right. I, from my side, I will be free that yes, I have, I, I have so, sought his forgiveness, and uh, I did what I'm supposed to do. If he wants to forgive me, good. If he doesn't want to forgive me, it is his choice. So I think calling him is a great way to go. Um, it's not necessary because, for example, this same scenario might have happened, but the person has died. And there's no way to talk to them or yeah. tell them how you feel or something like that. It's not necessary to do that, to let it go. But if you feel like that will help you, <coughs> then I think that it's a very good idea. And remember, it maybe to help you pick up the phone and make that call, realize first that you're doing it for yourself. You're doing it, this is degrading the quality of your life because you could be thinking about other things. You could be thinking about productive things. You could be thinking about ways to make your life better, but somehow you find yourself wasting this precious time that you have. Time is the only thing we can't create more of, right? And you, how many minutes have you wasted thinking about this when it should be gone because you can't control it? Maybe if you think about that, that will help you pick up the phone and call this person. And it requires the courage to, you know, seek forgiveness from others. Certainly. Certainly. It's not that easy to... Absolutely. Especially when you you know that you're not at fault, uh, that that takes a right. lot of... Right. They might think that you're weak and you're afraid to look weak in front of somebody. And it's... Yeah. <laughs> and so, I think that um, it would be great to think about these things to help you make that call. Uh, so the next... How do you overcome that? Exactly, that was my point is, you know, this. I am thinking that I'm looking weak by calling somebody. Right. So I'm doing all the earth there on myself. <laughs> what he's going to say now, what I'm going to say, without even having any conversation, I made up the whole conversation in my mind. Right. How is it right. going to go? First, you have to realize that it actually takes strength to do that. You have to realize that that's the truth. So you're close to that truth. And second, you have to not care what other people think, especially if you do it in front of other people. Mm -hmm. Who cares if you look weak in front of other people? Who cares if they don't know that forgiving people is actually strong? Who cares if they think you're weak for asking for forgiveness from other people? So this is a combination of, first, we have to see the truth. And second, we have to not care what other people think. Even the person we're asking forgiveness from, who cares if they think we're weak? All of that doesn't matter because we're doing it for ourselves. We're doing it so we can move on, so we can <clears throat> stop thinking about it, so we can be more productive. 
and we're doing it for ourselves. So that's the way to do it. And you're right, and everybody here is right. I've never said any of this was easy. It's easy sitting here talking about it. It's easy, and I know that. But this class has always been how to get Jainism outside of these four walls and into your life to improve the quality of your life. This will never stop being that that will never stop being the focus of the class, but it's easy to talk about. It's very hard to do. Uh, next, the way to let things go, number five, is to forgive yourself and others. We've talked about uh, that quite a bit already. What we haven't talked about, perhaps, is, hey, great to see you. We haven't talked about is forgiving ourselves. Some people find that that's, some people find it's easy to forgive other people. It's very hard to forgive ourselves because we hold a higher standard for ourselves. But just think about how you treat other people with kindness and gentleness and you forgive their mistakes because everybody makes mistakes and treat yourself like you would another person. Treat yourself like you would a stranger or your friend and saying, hey, I'm allowed to make mistakes. I'm allowed to do these things. And so I'm allowed to forgive myself for the mistakes I've made. You know, think about it uh, from the point of view of your best friend. Of course, your best friend is going to say, yeah, you make mistakes. He's going to pick you up when you're down. So you got to be your own best friend. <laughs> Next, we have to focus on finding joy in the present moment. Okay. So remember the past you cannot change. Okay. So there's no use thinking about it. And the future is never promised to us. There's no promise that we'll live for tomorrow, okay? That we'll be alive for tomorrow. So the, that's what people mean when they say the only, the present moment is the only thing that exists because you can only decide what to do now, okay? Because in the future, if you decide to do something in the future, you may not do it or there may be other circumstances or you may make a different decision at that moment in the future that you have visualized in your head. So when people say the present moment is the only thing that exists, that is true in a literal sense as well as a figurative sense. It's not just the past, I can't control it, I shouldn't think about it, the future is not promised, I shouldn't think about it. It's literally the only thing that exists because as each moment in the future unfolds, it becomes the present moment. And you can only take an action or make a decision in the present moment. Number seven is learn the lesson and move on. You've predicted that one. You reframe the situation by distilling it into a lesson. And then you can, that helps you move on by just living your life according to lessons. You know, I've, I've found myself doing that. Like I live by a series of lessons and then I forgot the things that made me learn them. Uh, sometimes that made me think that I shouldn't live by the lesson and then I had to relearn it, right? Uh, so I encourage you to forget the things that made you learn the lesson, but don't, don't stop doing the lessons that you've created for yourself. Number eight is be part of something larger than yourself. We all want to be part of a group and sublimate our individual identity into the identity of the group. And that's fine. You know, that's why we play team sports. That's why we go to the movies and sit next to strangers and think that's a fun thing to do. You know, that's why some people join the army, right? Because they feel that call and they feel like being part of a team and working as part of the group is sublimating, is, is uh, giving into this desire of sublimating themselves. So what's your group? This is your group. This is your group. Use dad's class as your group. What's your team? This is your team. 
be a volunteer at the Jane Center, um, come to Dad's class, visit with the friends that you made here. Uh, this is your group and this is your team. So I recommend that you do that. Number nine, exercise mindfulness, meditation, and physical exercise. I talk about this with you a lot. I tell you it's the answer to everything. I don't think we need to go on it. So I, I don't think we need to harp on it. I tell you to, to try to meditate all the time. I tell you about the benefits it will do. I tell you about how to practice mindfulness every day. And I tell you about physical exercise. So we probably uh, don't need to do anything there. So questions or comments about anything we talked about? We talked about uh, nine ways. I have some more, but let's stop there for your comments. Had a quick question. So yeah, the letting go. There's a depending on how many times certain things happen to you. It's hard to like. Do you wait longer to let go? Like, is it? You can't just let it go instantly, right? You understand something happened to you. Someone did something bad to you. You feel bad. You just let it go. You learn to just let it go faster and faster as you learn. Or is there? <clears throat> certain things where you have to process and you know what I mean? It's, yes, it's I do know what you mean. happening to you and you feel like, you know, why should I let it go? That feeling always is there. Right. Uh, so you so hit the nail on the head. You can let it go instantly, but it requires getting up there to do that. It requires all of this can happen in an instant. And that's what we're working towards. And you get better as you get better and better at understanding the truth of everything that we talked about, about the present moment is all that exists and forgiving. And as you start to learn all of those lessons, you'll get better and better. And something that might have made you feel bad for a day will make you feel bad for an hour. And then after you practice and practice, it might make you feel bad for five minutes. And then once you're there, you will let it go instantly and you won't feel bad at all. And that's what we're trying to get to. And it is possible to get to that. It's not something that is impossible. It's not something that you have to do and practice and you'll do it in your next life. It's possible to do that in this life. It's possible to do it. If you start on it now, it's possible to do it within <coughs> one year to let go of things instant. Um, and so I recommend you start working on it. Just a real life example. Sure. Uh, you know, when you're working uh, in an office in a corporate world and you're leading teams and and you have team members who would do certain things which are not for your expectation and you have to set the record straight, otherwise they'll take you for granted, right? Right. So is that not letting it go? Because some things you can spontaneously react and you can close it, right? And I can give a direction and say, you will not do this or you need to be doing this going forward. And some things you have to kind of wait for the right moment, right? You can react to everything all the time. Mm -hmm. But then when you're not reacting, that means you're holding it back. Uh, but you have to do something in real world. Otherwise, people will just see you as a weak leader mm -hmm. and they'll uh, walk all over you. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm just trying to find a balance for myself. So... If I understand the question correctly, because you start out with one example and then switch to another example about appearing weak in front of people. Um, it doesn't apply in a work situation where you're in a group and you tell somebody, if somebody's doing something wrong and you tell them that they're doing it wrong, 
it doesn't apply because you're not letting it affect the quality of your life. You're just saying, hey, this is wrong. Uh, it's not hindering you from doing other things. You're not ruminating on it, for example. But then this kind of appearing weak in front of other people example is a different one. Yeah, right. And, and just to add to that, this uh -huh. the answer. Yeah. So, so that's the second one where you can't act instantly. You have to kind of wait, right? And this is people reporting to me and you have to wait because you don't want to be picking on them on everything. Otherwise, it's not a healthy right. work environment. So you kind of wait until you see three or four things and, you know, uh, but but it affects me now because it is I'm going to sit on it for a month and I'm kind of thinking and keeping account of all the things he has been doing so that yeah. I can sit him down. Yeah. And that is the part where I'm not letting it go. It is right. affecting me. Right. Uh, and the person doesn't even know. But it does affect me because I'm always thinking about it. You know, he should have done this right or mm -hmm. he has not been respectful or he tried to do something incorrect. I think that's where, you know, I understand of letting it go, but it becomes difficult in the real world. Sure. So now I understand the example perfectly. The first thing is don't worry about what other people think or if it makes you appear as a weak leader because they'll know when it's their turn that, oh, you're hanging on to it. And so they'll know that, oh, you accept some mistakes and then you'll talk about that person later. As you, they become experienced part of the team, they'll know that. So the first thing is don't worry about what other people think. The second thing is let's practice number one, write it down. Okay, write down those little things, then you won't have to remember them. Then when it comes time at the end of the month or at the end of three months, then you just visit the piece of paper and that's it. You That way, you won't let it affect you. Yeah. And you'll remember like, oh, before I, hey, come on in. Before I meet with him, I'm going to look at this piece of paper. That way, it won't. you won't waste time thinking about it. That's fair. So I think that you should write it down. And that way, it won't. you will let it go. And, and I, you're right. I think writing it down helps quite a bit, not only this, but even when you have certain other things that's bothering you, write it down and you can right. kind of let it go somehow. Okay. Right. Yes. Uh, so just in your example, that's also part of feedback, lessons learned slash feedback. So that's the reason why you're bringing it up again. And yeah. It's not like you're reminiscing on it or ruminating it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Okay. So mm -hmm. number 10. If you can't change it, embrace it. There's lots of things we can't change. This is kind of a little bit of what we talked about. But if you're sitting in traffic, you can't change anything about it. If the weather is bad, you can't change anything about it. If your flight gets delayed, you can't change anything about that, right? So the only thing to do is to reframe your mindset, okay? Uh, otherwise, you can't change a lot of things and they'll all make you feel bad and your life will be horrible, which is what we try to teach our children, right? <laughs> it's to varying levels of success. Number 11, how to let things go is to use humor. Okay, so if you can't change things, then you can use humor to kind of deflect very negative emotions and deflect bad situations. And that will help you, if you look at some of the absurd things that life throws at you and you can laugh about it, then that helps you let things go. Because then you realize, oh, other people are dealing with all of these absurdities too. Um, and it's a good way to realize that you're a soul and not a brain is because of all these absurd things that your brain throws at you. 
Number 12 is to set boundaries so you don't hang on to things in the first place. So this is a prevention measure, okay? Instead of letting things go, let's not have things happen that we can't let go. We know that we can't let go. Uh, uh, people try to make you uh, responsible for their feelings. And you don't have to be responsible for other people's feelings. That's a clear boundary that you can set. Um, I'll give you an example. If you and your wife get upset about directions, you know, um, let's say she's driving and you say, oh, we're going that way. And you, and she says, no, we're going this way. And she's wrong. Okay. Well, you can have a fight with her, right? But what's that going to accomplish? It's just going, just all negative. It's like no winning situations, right? But if you just be quiet in the first place and let her make a wrong turn, what's going to happen? She's going to realize it eventually, right? That way you don't have to be the bad guy. The situation's the bad guy. You don't get mad at her. She doesn't get mad at you. Um, and so you just got to let people make the mistakes that they're going to make. It, it's the same thing at work, but a little bit different because you can't let people make like thousands of dollars worth of mistakes and you can't, but if they're just, if, if they're going to make their mistake and suffer the consequences, one good lesson I've learned is to just shut up and let it happen, you know? <laughs> so, uh, that's a good way to prevent things, um, prevent you experiencing things that you have to let go of later. Right. Because if you let your uh, spouse take the wrong direction, then it's no sweat off your back. You're not worried about an argument that you had. You're not hanging on to that negative emotion. Uh, number 13, of course, is seek professional help. Uh, I recommend that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing that violates our religion of seeking professional help. You go to a doctor. That's not against Jainism to go to a doctor. It's not against Jainism to go see a psychiatrist, you know. Certainly you bear the results of the fruits of your actions. I'm not saying that that doesn't apply. But that doesn't mean we can't go to the doctor if we're having trouble, right? Um, and so uh, the doctor will help you try to let, try to let go of the things. If you think that it's come to that, I recommend that you seek professional help. So here's the big question. We talked all, all about all of that, but what does all of that have to do with Jainism? I just gave you 40 minutes of preamble to get to the main course. What does all of that have to do with Jainism? Karma Bandhan, right? The attachment to the karmas are just to elaborate, uh, pretty much if I have where, you know, like, like, same thing, spouse, right? If, if she made a wrong turn and I couldn't resist and I had to tell her, you know what? <laughs> Baby, you just wasted 15 minutes of my life. Right. You have done this, just follow GPS. <laughs> but again, if I, I told that the conversation went south, right. the whole evening went bad, and now she's holding or she writes it down, I write it down. <laughs> <laughs> the time is right, we both open up a book. So now that day went, that evening, the next day. So again, eventually it's all the karma, right? right. You, you built up the karma, whether it's with spouse or co-workers or with anybody. Right. right. So forgiveness, uh, like you mentioned, you know, shutting up, right? Right. Let, let, let the dice roll where it is and let the consequences be it is what it is. Right. Uh, so you brought up three great concepts. One is non-attachment. Non-attachment is one of the five vows that we make. So do you remember the five vows? Who remembers them? Non-violence. Non-violence. Non-stealing. Non-stealing. Non-attachment. Non-attachment. Celibacy. Celibacy and... 
Right, non-lying. Non-lying. Correct. So it's so important that it's one of the five vows that we take, attachment. The second concept you brought up is great. This concept of things that snowball or lead to other things. And we call that papanubandu pap, right? That is a bad action that puts you in a situation that leads to more bad action and leads to more, more karma binding to your soul. And that was the third concept you brought up is, remember what the point of all this is. The point of all this is to go to moksha, right? And the point of all this is to remove the karma that's attached to your soul and prevent new karma from attaching to your soul. And so by letting things go, we're practicing ashra and nirdra. Remember, uh, sorry, samvara and nirdra. Samvara is stopping ashra, which is the influx of karma that binds to your soul. And nirdra is um, burning the karma that's already bound to your soul. So what else does it have to do with Jainism? Anything else? I guess uh, less anger, less ego, less deceit, less greed. Right. Be at calm and peace with yourself. Right. Letting things go is a weapon in your toolbox to fight your enemies. Your four enemies are anger, ego, deceit, and greed. These are the passions that we're fighting against. And this is not something that... You know, we're just doing our best and we have to do our best until we die. You can kill anger right now. You know, as old as we are, you can still kill anger in your life. You can still kill ego in your life. You can still kill deceit and greed. This is not some hypothetical, oh, I'm doing it for the good of my soul so I get to heaven. No, this is you're doing it right now so you have a good life right now. You can defeat these enemies with the little time that we have left. So it makes you wonder what we've been doing, wasting all this time, if we could have done it in a couple of years, right? So that's great. By letting things go, it's a weapon in your toolbox to fight against these things. And of course, we are jinas, right? We are conquerors of these enemies. So the second big question is, how will you apply this in your life? We've already heard one great example, two great examples. So how will you apply this in your life? The way I apply is like you mentioned, you know, um, I have team leaders that I know are going in the wrong direction. Even guiding them numerous times, they do what they are supposed, like they will do what, because they think that's the right thing. Right. So I tell them one time, two time, third time, I let them do it. Now, it might be monetary consequences, time consequences, but eventually, they will learn and I make it an example where other people also learn. Right. Right. You know, there are SOPs where it's, it, it is, it's been proven. Don't reinvent the wheel. If it's a certain way. <laughs> right. Just follow the direction. Right. Why do you want to reinvent the wheel? But again, you know, uh, instead of getting into this uh, conflict and all that stuff, okay, let's do it. Like right. Give them a certain time period and eventually they know they are not being successful in what they are doing. Mm-hmm. They come back for the person. So and so that improves the quality of your life. Oh, big! Time. <laughs> again, now I'm, let them do it. Yeah. And people around me tell me like they're doing the wrong thing. That's okay. <laughs> that is that is not my problem. That is his problem. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> that's great. I love that. Yeah. And so when we realize that other souls bear the consequences of their actions, we're not so worried about other souls. Exactly. We can concentrate on our own soul. Yes. Right. Yeah, adding to what uh, Kinjala said, so uh, one of my bosses said earlier, uh, like this was some few years ago, he, I used to get worried about 
things which were beyond my control meaning i would see someone is not doing right and i would then being the leader or being the team lead i would feel uh, if it doesn't if he or she doesn't do it right it will impact the overall uh, project goals or whatever right so then my boss came up, came to me and said sandeep if shit has to happen it will happen so sometimes i know your intent is good but then you cannot take everything on on yourself right so you just let that person do it let it come into uh, meaning it will become an escalation people will then come to realize that whatever you wanted to do they didn't follow and then that's why this has happened but then eventually everything will fall in place so uh, I, i think that's a, a very good example which he cited and i still follow that right sometimes i just i know it's going to go wrong but then i will take a back seat just wait and watch uh, the show right <laughs> whatever happens happens for good so and that happens more and more as we get older we can see a train wreck starting to happen way before the train has left the station right yeah. i know things about my kids that are going to affect them 20 years down the line right and we can see that but there's nothing we can do about that right there i mean we can try to guide them as best we can but they will bear the results of their own actions and as we get more wisdom we see more and more things are going wrong right. and we just have to restrain ourselves from trying to fix everything how so how can you apply this to your life what are you hanging on to that you need to let go of I think personally for me this is going back a few years there was a tendency where i felt i was saying a lot like see i told you <laughs> see i told you and like i realized that over a period of time that that was getting more and more toxic right and then pretty much was like okay i have to not use that phrase at all and remove <laughs> it from my dictionary <laughs> but uh, identifying these situations like you said and and trying not to fall in the trap uh, it, for me it begins with that and and then analyzing and using these tools What else are you hanging on to? One of the things that's tough that you mentioned is it's tough to look at sometimes we don't know what we're hanging on to. It's tough to sit down and examine our life. Who has the time to sit down and think about, you know, how things are going or who has it and we don't like to do it because it makes us feel bad. We don't like the way we sound in a recording. because it sounds too high pitched because in our head we have these echoes that go through our skull and it doesn't sound like us on a recording we don't like the way that sounds we don't like the way we look in videos or pictures because we're not used to seeing ourselves mm. i'm used to seeing all of you i'm not used to seeing myself all the time you've been staring at me for an hour i've been staring at you for an hour so you've probably seen me more than i've seen myself in my whole life okay because i'm just used to staring out of my eyes And so it's very hard for the brain to in the way that we don't like to hear ourselves or see ourselves. It's very hard for the brain to reflect on itself, to see ourselves from an outside perspective. That's why cuz we're so constantly judging ourselves by our intentions, it's very hard to judge ourselves like other people judge ourselves, only based on what we say and what we do. And it makes us feel bad. 
And so when I say sit down and examine your life, first of all, you don't have the time to do it. Second of all, if you did have the time, it would make you feel bad and you'd instantly stop doing that because something distracted you and you'd let that distract you. Your brain would let that distract you because it didn't feel good sitting down and thinking about your life and thinking about yourself. And so it's very hard to examine your life and to live an examined life. And so I recommend you do that. If you don't think, you might think, hey, you know, I'm not letting, I'm not holding on to anything. I bet you're wrong. Okay. I bet that you're wrong. You just don't know that you're holding on to something, something that happened from your childhood, something that happened with your parents, something that happened with your kids. I bet you that you're holding on to something and it's hard for you to figure it out. And so I guess that's our lesson this week. That's our plan this week is to try to sit down and think about ourselves and examine our life as much as we don't want to. Um, because that's the only way we're going to progress on the spiritual path. So questions or comments about uh, anything we talked about today? How do we distract the distraction that is going to come when we examine ourselves? <laughs> yeah, it's so easy because if you sit down and you say, hey, I'm going to do this thing and you don't want to do it, we've all experienced that. We're like, I'm going to sit down and type this email that I wanted to type. And then we see our email and we see another email and we see something else that distracted us and we let ourselves do it because we don't want to do this hard thing, right? Yeah, it's very hard. Uh, the first thing is you first you realize that you're being distracted. The second thing is you realize that you're going to feel better after you do it. That this temporary pain that you're putting yourself through is like a yoga or a meditation or some other thing, some other kind of temporary or physical exercise. We put ourselves through temporary pain to experience long-term pleasure, which is what this whole thing is all about, right? It's all about putting ourselves, doing tap to experience temporary pain of this pain of life and pain of karma and pain of burning our karma to go for the long-term pleasure of moksha, right? So that's one way. Um, other, do we have any help for Kinjal on how to avoid distractions when to do a hard thing? Let, let me backtrack my question. Sure. So now while you were saying that you need to sit down and think about what you're holding on, if I don't remember, isn't that a good thing? No, because sometimes <laughs> we're holding on things without consciously remembering them. And it only expresses itself in certain situations. And the most common example is the way we parent. A lot of times we parent based on how we were parented and we hold on to things. And sometimes we wonder like, why aren't I the parent that I want to be? That's a very common question. And you're not the parent you want to be because you're holding on to how you were parented. And so until you resolve that, then only then can you become the parent you want to be. And that's an example. Uh, it works like that at work. It works like that with our spouses. It works like that in everything. That even though you don't remember it, it comes out in certain situations. And that's what this mindfulness thing is all about. You're like, why did I act that way? I didn't want to act that way. It's just something about the situation triggered me to act that way. And that's what you're holding on to. And you don't know you're holding on to it, but you are. Yeah, especially the parenting example, because we were raised to be more uh, respectful and, you know, obedient. Uh, if parents would call us, we would just leave everything and, and go and attend to that. But now with our kids, 
you call one time, two time, and then the third time you that kicks in. You know, he's not even listening to me. So right. Then that's where the anger comes in, ego comes in. So, yeah, you rightly said uh, the way we were raised. We start to think that was the right model, even though sometimes I feel it is. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it is it is uh, quite different. So. something to think about sure other questions or comments about anything we talked about today we talked about maybe 13 ways of how to let things go we talked about what it had to do with jainism and we talked about how we're going to apply it to our lives and we talked about we're going to think about that as we leave here and as we go to lunch and as we do all of all of our things we're going to think about what we are hanging on to other questions or comments i feel like uh, positive reinforcements are also good just to reward yourself tell yourself that okay this is something i let go so yes i can do it just a small short example yeah so that. yeah giving yourself rewards based on uh based on your progress of letting things go yeah i like that because sometimes we want to get the reward and we'll do what it takes to get the reward Okay, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate that. All right, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.